Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. It's intern, John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Our series parables, let's go. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, speak to us now with clarity. Speak to us now with power, Father. We want to move and walk in what you have ordained. Father, even on this day, Father, allow us to be better than we were yesterday. Allow us to be better than we were Friday. Allow us to be better than we were before. We are not in competition, Lord. And anybody else. I even pray now to break that spirit of competition that sometimes comes up with women where rather than complimenting one another, they compete with one another. Mm-mm. I pray that every woman connected to Harvest would build up the other ladies, that they would speak life into the other ladies, that they would encourage other ladies. We don't do clicks and gossip and circles and mess, but we do speaking the word of God it's because we're called to love God and to love people and to love life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Say this, say, Lord, I'm ready to receive. Listen, so guys, we started this series last week called Parables. What are parables? Parables are stories that, are, that Jesus used to illustrate principles. We looked at the scripture in Mark 4.33. It says, with many such parables, he spoke to word, the word to them as they were able to hear it. What does that mean? God got it to them the way they needed to hear it. And I need you to hear me. God will get it to you whatever way you need to hear it. Here's the challenge. Make sure that you're not hard-headed and that you don't listen because that's going to end up in hurt and loss. I'm going to say it again. Whenever you are hard-headed, y'all know that phrase, hard-headed. Every mama knows the phrase, hard-headed. You told them, don't go in there messing with them cookies. Don't go in there messing with that. Don't go in there touching that. And every parent, every mother, you already know, you had one of your kids who had to press the envelope. So what ended up happening to happen? When they were hard-headed, what happened? They had to experience hurt. Now, depending on where you're from, that hurt may have come with a belt. Let's be honest. It may have come with an ironing cord. may have come with an ironing board. It may have come with a black skillet. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. And for some of you, maybe it was time out. Watch me and, and no time on, them, on their iPhone and sitting in the corner and they don't get to watch YouTube kids. Whatever it is you did, you did something to inflict a consequence because they did not listen. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? When God knows that you won't listen without hurt, then the way he's got to get it to you is with hurt. What are you trying to say? This is not the year for you to go through unnecessary hurt. This is not the decade for you to go through unnecessary hurt. I need you to make this declaration say, Lord, I hear you clearly. Say, I don't need unnecessary hurt. Can we just have an honest moment right here? How many of us, if we're honest, we can look back over our lives and say, I can see that I had to go through that because I wouldn't hear. I had to go through that because I wouldn't hear. When you let God know you're mature enough, God will say, let's skip the unnecessary hurt. Let's skip the breakup. Let's skip the bad relationship. Let's skip the bankruptcy. Let's skip losing a house. Let's skip losing a car. Because when you can listen, I won't have to have you lose. That's an important lesson because we're about to see a man in a moment in the parable that he had to go through that. It says, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. So if I'm hard-headed, the only way he can get it to me is with hurt. Watch me. If I don't listen, the only way he can get it to me is with loss. 
But if I listen, then guess what? I can skip a lot of heartache. Some of you get mad when you see other people who don't have to go through as much. Question, could it be that they listen better? Could it be that they follow the instruction the first time? And I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, Lord, I follow your word. I follow your word. I follow your word. And watch me. And I'm not perfect. And God never asks for us to be perfect. But he does ask for us to be faithful. When he goes to Adam in the garden, he says, Adam, tell me, uh, what is it that you did? First off, he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam was hiding from him. Then watch me. He says, Adam, tell me this. Tell me, did you do what I said not to do? Adam responds with an excuse rather than taking ownership. Let me tell you how you know when you've matured as a believer in Jesus. And if you're not a believer, watch me, then today is your day to become one. You know you've matured when you tell on you before God has to say anything. You know that you've matured when you tell on yourself and God does not have to say anything. You know that you've matured when you are operating in a place to where you say, what? Oh, wait a minute, God, you don't have to say nothing to me. I will check myself before I wreck myself. They had a song back in the day said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself because we'll stop right there. Because depending on where you're from, you may have had a different version. Let's go. So today's message, today's message, uh, last week we did the parable of the mustard seed. Ooh, and that was amazing, right? So here's today's, the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, let me give you some background before we get into this. From Luke 10, verses 25 through 30, um, <clears throat> there's this man that says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so uh, Jesus says, well, first thing you need to do is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Then he says, the second thing you need to do is you need to uh, love your neighbor as yourself. It's what Harvest Church is based off of. Love God. Come on, y'all do the hand moves with me. Love people. Love life. Can I get a few of you to type that? And listen, it, you can do one hand and type at the same time. If you can do that, you are bad somebody. And I mean bad in a good way. Let's go. Love God. God. God, right? People that's next to you. Can I be honest with you? These two are going to be where your great, some of your greatest challenges are at. <laughs> Got it? Love God, love people, and here it is, love life. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you cannot give to your neighbor what you do not give to you, and you cannot give to God, watch me, what you don't give to you. So if you're inconsistent with you, consistency with God seems like somebody's asking too much of you. Mm, Y'all are going to say that to me. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I love you. Say, I love people. Say, and I love myself. Matter of fact, wait a minute. I just want to have a moment right here because I need to make sure we get this. Because sometimes holidays invoke emotion. They invoke emotion because they stir up memories. And when they stir up memories, watch me, you can be really happy one minute, think about something, and then be crying and hollering the next minute. Watch me. I don't care what happened to you, through you, from you before today. Today. Somebody say today. This is going to be a new beginning for everybody. I, I need you to lift your hands and say, as of this moment, Father, I confess every sin to you. And as of this moment, I choose to forgive myself for every mistake, for every failure. I decide to forgive me and to love me so I can love people and most importantly, love you. In Jesus' name, if you've ever struggled with loving yourself, you ought to put a praise on that right there. If you've ever struggled thinking you're not good enough and you don't have what it takes and, and, and you're a mistake and you're a failure, I rebuke those negative thoughts. I rebuke those negative things you may believe about yourself. Somebody holler, I love me. Holler again, I love me. So listen, Jesus explains this to him. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So then this guy's a lawyer. And this lawyer tries to test Jesus, the text says. He tries to test him and he says, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus begins responding in this parable to teach about compassion. But there's so much more to this parable than compassion. Luke 10, verse 30. We're going to go verse by verse. Jesus replies. So you got background. A man was going down from Jerusalem. Now, this man, somebody said he's by himself. Many of your problems, watch me come because of how you choose to handle your challenges. This man decided to go by himself, and this man is on, watch me, he is on what's referred to as the Jericho Road. The Jericho Road was known to be a place where there are robbers and thieves. In fact, it's known as the way of blood. So question, why would you take a bloody way by yourself? 
Why would you try to do something you should have brought somebody with and try to do it by yourself? You got to be careful, watch me, that you don't do a two-man job with one. What are you trying to say? Don't let quarantine, watch me, make, listen, many of us have had issues with people. Let's be honest. Many of us have had people just do us dirty. Let's be honest. Here's the deal. But you can't let the enemy make that get you to a place to where you decide, I'm done with people. You are literally called to people. Everything that we do involves people. I don't care if you're in customer service. Guess what? The customers are people. I don't care if you're in tech. Guess what? The people using your technology are people. I don't care. Watch me. If you're a pastor, guess what? You got to deal with people. Oh, God, you do. Do you hear what I'm saying? This man, watch me, he's by himself on a dangerous road. And I pray that this year in this decade, you'd have some people with you that can walk your dangerous roads with you. Because you can't take everybody on a dangerous road with you. Because some of them might be in collusions with the robbers. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. But I pray that you have the right people. Oh, God. Somebody say, I declare this year and this decade, I have the right people around me with the right heart, sitting in the right seats, doing the right things in Jesus' name. All of that from the first two words. <laughs> a man was going down from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city. And Jerusalem was further west than Jericho. Jerusalem was like Denver. It's like going from Denver to uh, Atlanta. It's like going from Denver to Dallas. All right, I'm just getting you to, to see it on a map. Can you see it in map? All right, so this is what it is. He's going from Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the city of Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. He is leaving Jerusalem, and the Bible says he's going to where? Jericho. Somebody say Jericho. Now, Jerusalem is not only a place of shalom, Jerusalem is a high place. Somebody say high place. Jericho, watch me, here's what it means. You ready for this? Jericho means fragrant. Watch me. Fragrant, the only way you could get fragrances in those days is you had to crush flowers. Let's go. So he's leaving a place of peace to a place of crushing. Please say with me. He is leaving a place where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well. And he's got to go to a place where he's crushed so he finally produces in fragrance. He's got to go to a place where he's crushed. Can I help some of you understand? The challenge you sometimes have in life is the journey that you have to take because it doesn't make sense to you. You don't understand why it had to happen that way. Why didn't God take you directly to where it was you're going? And God had to take you on a fragrant journey. Let's go. He had to take you on a journey where you dealt with some crushing. And to take you on a journey where you dealt with some suicide, where you dealt with some anxiety, where you dealt with some depression, where you dealt with some crazy family folk, where you dealt with some crazy things. And sometimes we don't understand what the journey that we are on. Watch me. It seems like we're leaving peace to go into chaos. Can we be honest? There's been, watch me, you've had days in your life like, this is amazing. This is Jerusalem. Then you had days in your life where you're like, this is Jericho. But can I go further? Jericho is 800 feet below sea level. So he's going, watch me, from a high mountain place and he's going on a windy journey through peaks and valleys to go to a low place. Can I tell you something? Whenever God allows you to dive, it's because he's preparing you to thrive. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Father, thank you for my tithes. Come on. We're going to work this thing. Listen, it is a place of crushing. The way they made fragrances in antiquity was that they would crush flowers. And every flower would produce a certain smell, but it had to be crushed. Look at me. There are certain things that do not come out of you until you're crushed. There are certain things that don't come out. Of, watch me. There's certain uh, a fight in you that doesn't come out until you're crushed. There's certain determination doesn't, that doesn't come out, until, out of you until you are crushed. This man literally is on a journey from Shalom, a high place, to 800 feet below sea level where he is being crushed. Are you ready? The Bible says, and he fell among what? Robbers. Now, I've already told you that this was known as the way of blood. Somebody say a bloody place. What does that mean? If it's known as the way of blood, that means this is a place where blood is shed. Blood in the Bible represents life. So that means this whole journey is going to be a, watch me, a sequence of life events. I need y'all to stay with me. It's going to be a sequence of life events, watch me, where he's going to have to go through these events on this road. It's a narrow road. And watch me. And often on one side, you've got a sharp a sharp cliff, and on the other side, a deep dive, meaning that if you don't handle this road right, the only option is death. 
I need you to catch this. I need you to catch this. Say, Lord, I'm going to handle it right. I'm going to handle it right. I'm going to handle it right. Because some of us, watch me, you got certain situations in your life. You got to be careful that you don't handle it this year. Come on here. The same way you handled it last year. That you don't handle it this decade. The same way you handled it last decade. Because you're further than you know. But baby, this is a tight road. Can I go further? It's known as the way of blood because the terrain made you a target. The terrain made you a target. It's a narrow road, which means you're so focused on what's ahead of you, you can't pay attention to what's coming behind you. You can't pay attention to who's looking off of one of the cliffs or the peaks to see you. In fact, if you were to Google this after church and just Google Jericho Road, you'd see that it's a rough terrain to this day. It is a rough terrain, but it was necessary to get from Jerusalem to get to Jericho. Why? Because the Jer Jericho was next to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea was a major place for transport, which means if I get to Jericho, I'm headed somewhere greater. Mm. I need you to hear me. Listen, God says, listen, you don't qualify for greater and you, until you can deal with gutter. Are y'all ready? Let's go further. He says this. So this man, if he's on this and he fell amongst robbers, he knew what to expect. Literally, it's like walking into a place where they're saying, warning, don't feed the wildlife, and you come with a pack of bread. It's like going into a place where they say, biohazard, and you walk in there with your regular clothes on. It is like this, watch it, dealing with a person you know can't be trusted and trusting them anyhow. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me now. Come on online. Don't y'all leave me out there. How many of us have done things where we saw the warning, but we didn't think the warning applied to us? This man saw the warning. He saw the red flag. Don't pray for red flags if you're going to ignore them and paint them white. He knew what to expect on the road. Got it. But he didn't expect that his decision would devastate him. Now, here we go. You ready? Now the message is about to preach. It says, he fell among robbers who stripped him. First of all, a robber is different than a thief. A thief steals in, watch me, undercover. A thief steals in private. A thief steals by deceit. A robber walks up on you and does it in front of everybody. I want to ask you a question because it doesn't name the robbers, which means the robber for you might be something different than somebody else. So fill in the blank for you. Who came up into your life, came up in that relationship, came up in your finances, and they treated you dirty in front of everybody? I wish I had some honest people that have dealt with some robbers up in here. I wish I had some honest people where they took from you openly. They lied on you openly. They betrayed you openly. They had you looking like a fool openly. Fill in the blank. You can't touch nobody, but just touch yourself. Say, fill in the blank. What's your robber? Was it your mama, which is why today is a hard day? What's your robber? Was it your bloodline? What's your robber? Was it a relationship? What's your robber? Was it a business? What's your robber? Because can I tell you, we all have robbers. Well, they did what they did openly. They didn't even try to conceal it. They didn't even try to do it with tact. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They did it trifling. I need you to pronounce the word right. It ain't trifling. It's trifling. <laughs> you ready? Somebody say robbers. Robbers take openly. You will be loyal to them. And they will be disloyal to you openly. That's a robber. Fill in the blank. What's your blank? For those of you bold enough online to type it in, what's your blank? What's your robber? Bishop, how do I identify my robber? Let me tell you what robbers do. Here's the first thing. Robbers strip you. That means they take your clothes off. Now, I don't necessarily mean that literally. A robber strips you. What does that mean? They make you feel ashamed, vulnerable, unprotected, foolish. Why? Because something external has happened. Got it? If, can I just, can I just, can y'all go here with me for a moment? If, 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 if clothes, if, if, I don't want to use me, but if somebody's up here's clothes, <laughs> if somebody's up here clothes fell off, the first thing they're going to do is begin to cover what they don't think everybody else needs to know nor see. So what does this mean? What does this mean? What's me? A robber is sharing things that don't belong in the ears of other people. 
and they're trying to do it to shame you. And what they're really doing is revealing they're a robber. See, if I got to remind you that you're supposed to be confidential, you ain't got no business sitting up in that know-how because you're a robber. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right there. I need you to, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. I need you to open your mouth and say, no more robbers this year. Say, no more robbers this decade. Every robber, I declare the Bible says if we find them, they got to pay us back seven times. Whatever it is that they took from us. I want it back. I want it back. I want it back. Somebody holler, I want it back. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. They stripped him. That's open. That's open. That's open. You, you tell it to them that they can pray about it. And then everybody in your little group chat, nobody. That's why you need to quit them group chats. Y'all ain't gonna send nothing to me. Grown people call. Let me move. Let me move. Let me move. And they beat him. So first, we got these external issues. He feels bad externally. And you gotta be careful that if you've ever been robbed that you don't think everybody can see what they robbed. Because you'll walk around with a complex. You'll walk around with an attitude trying to protect yourself because of what somebody 10 years ago robbed from you. And the new person in your life don't even know that you were missing something. They don't even know. I had to go through this as a pastor. I had to make sure I didn't let what people had done to me as a pastor affect new people based on what old people had done. Y'all better hear what I'm saying to you today. And if I got to go through it, you got to go through it, we got to go through it, everybody got to go through it. Can I go further? Then they beat him. Beat there in Greek, the language of our New Testament. That doesn't mean the way we think. See, when we think of beat, we think of external. Beat there in Greek, it actually means, watch me, internal. They wounded him. That's what it means. Somebody said they wounded him. So now we got this external issue. Now we got this internal issue. What's a wound? It's an event causing sudden damage. Say sudden damage. That results in pain, distress, grief, and misery. So now you've robbed external. You've uncovered. And the dangerous thing about a robber is they'll take something and misrepresent what it was. Ooh, let's talk. They will take something from you and misrepresent the truth. They'll misrepresent the truth so you can't tell the truth about them. See, they'll lie on you so you can't tell the truth about them. But then after they do that, this is the word. And we only, watch me, we only, a verse in. But then watch, but then internal. Somebody say internal. So now, though, you got distress. You, 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 your heart's beating real fast. You're not sleeping. Your hair's falling out. It's growing too much. <laughs> you ain't eating nothing. You're eating everything. You're in grief, misery. The very thought that somebody could do you like that openly and now you start comparing I bet you didn't do it for that person I bet you didn't do it for this person I bet you they did right by that person and you know what they did so now the internal fury that you've got is because you have watched them watch me respect others and rob you ah! oh this is good to me you've watched them respect others and rob you. I got an announcement for somebody today. <laughs> Watch me. God says, I saw him and I'm about to pay you back. I need you. If you've dealt with some robbers over the last year or over the last decade, I need you to say, God's about to pay me back. <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Calm down. Let's go. They beat him. They wounded him. So we got external issues. Say external issues. And then they wounded him, say internal issues. Here's where it gets messy, though. You ready? Then they departed. When they got everything they could take, they left. When they got everything that they could possibly take from you, they caused external issues, internal issues, and then you get a text, I'm gone. You get an email, I'm out. Or you find out on Facebook because you're trying to see what they're doing and you realize you've been blocked. Come on, I'm just trying to keep it real, y'all. Let's, let's be real about real life. 
And you're like, what? Something must be going on with the computer. Watch. They left him. They left him. They got everything they could take and they left. Everybody, let's have a very honest moment. Who's ever dealt with a robber who once they couldn't get anything else, they left. They abandoned you. They dropped you. They took the stuff. <laughs> they took the stuff. And they left. They got your stuff. And now they got you messed up inside because they were hoping that it was going to destroy your future. <laughs> How do you know that, Bishop? Look at the next part of the verse. Leaving him half dead. They said, don't kill her all the way. She going to bleed out. Don't kill him all the way. I had somebody say something to me one time, something rocked my mind. I said, why would you do that? And you know that's not right, not true. Here's what they said to me. Bishop, you're the strongest person I know. I figured you could deal with it. I said, well, I can deal with it. Ooh, but the Lord going to deal with you. <laughs> Come on, let's just be honest, y'all. Somebody say they left him half dead. See, the robbers were hoping that you'd be so disenchanted with people that you would just turn into some old mean man, some old mean woman, some young mean lady, some young mean. It's amazing how many mad folks we got. Just mad. You say, give God praise. Look, child, the only reason your hands worked is because God says work, 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 work. Matter of fact, we can't ever think that we're too arrogant or too accomplished or too achieved or have too much money or have too much education to where we cannot give God glory. So everybody across America and around the world, I'm going to give you five seconds to let God know that you're not too proud to praise. Go. Five, four, go. I'm, come on. He's been good. He's been good. He's been good. Somebody holler, he's been good to me. But listen, y'all, they left him half dead. And they were hoping the wounds would make him bleed out. He'll die. He'll just shut down. She'll just never trust again. She'll never bounce back. They'll, who going to do it if I don't? Here's the problem, though. When you're a robber, watch me, you don't count good. You don't count good because your arrogance gave you the audacity to do something openly. But you didn't count. See, you should have killed me when you had a chance. Because if you left me half dead, that also means you left me half alive. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, I don't care what parts of you feel half dead. What does that mean? You're exhausted. You're confused. You're tired. You're weary. You're unsure in a daze with no praise. But with the part of you that's still half alive, somebody holler, I'm about to thrive. Here's what's amazing. I don't even need all of me to win. I just need half of me to win. I don't need all of me to get it done. I just need half. Yeah. Somebody holler, I got everything I need. Say it again. I feel like doing it like we in a Baptist church. Say, I've got everything that I need. All right, let's go. He, he's half dead. Bleeding out. Exhausted. Confused. In a daze. With no praise. Tired. Weary. And doesn't have. Watch me. What he had when he started. I'm going to work this parable. The stuff he spent years preparing. To take on this journey. They took. Because God wanted him to see. You didn't need that know how. You better open your mouth. Say this. Say nothing has been wasted. Can I tell you maybe why God let the man be robbed? Because God could have stopped him. Sometimes what you prayed for and where you're headed, your seed is insufficient for. 
no harvest with no seed. That's Bible. Genesis says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. So sometimes what you call loss is God said, listen, I had to get that up off of you. Because where you're headed, come on, you're headed to Jericho. That means your life's about to smell different. That means your experience is about to smell different. That means you're going to have access to a waterway. You didn't have access to water up in Jerusalem. But when you get to Jericho, you're going to be able to hop in a boat and get to anywhere that you want to go. In other words, you're leaving small time, headed to big time. You're going from overlooked to over, under, overlooked to overbooked. And God says, listen, I needed you to get some more seed in the ground. So I had to let them rob you because what they took from you actually fertilized your future. Okay, that's too deep. Let's move. So look, he's half alive, which means he's bleeding out on this narrow road. Now let's see what happens in the next verse. Verse 31. Now it's about to get real. Somebody say it's about to get real. Verse 31. So by chance, now this is a parable, but Jesus tells us so well, you think it really happened. By chance, somebody say there are no coincidences. By chance, a priest, say a leader, a leader was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. You ready? Verse 32. So likewise, a Levite, Levite served in church. So let's just use this term, say dream teamer. Dream teamer. That's me. Likewise, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by him. Look at me. There's two reasons this happened. One, as a Levite or a priest, to see the nakedness of someone violated Torah. Which means, watch me, if I turn my head to see this mess, I am now guilty of the same. You ready? But let's go further. You're always asking too much when you are asking people with the wrong heart because they'll never have it in them to do right. How did a leader and a dream teamer let the problem stay there? What you there for? Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And I don't understand why it's so quiet in this doggone church. I don't understand why it's so quiet online. I, don't, I know why it's quiet in here. We social distancing and keeping numbers. Why do you have the position if you act powerless? And why in the world do you serve when you're asked to serve? You got a problem with it. I came to speak to somebody and issue a global check to say, listen, don't make God have to pick somebody else because your heart wasn't right. People will always say, that's too much. You're asking too much. No, I'm asking the wrong person. If you think it's too much, you're the wrong one. Get up out the way so God can put the right person there. Some of y'all need to learn how to leave the seat empty instead of putting anybody in the seat in your life. Because when you ask them to get anything done, it's like asking them to get an act of Congress. This ain't that hard. Just be a leader. Just serve like you said. That's what you're going to do. This is Bible. One of the things people, listen, when you're a person of excellence, any people of excellence, wave at me. Wave at me online. When you're a person of excellence, let me tell you what they're going to say. You expect too much. You want too much. And, and here's the deal. Here's the, let me tell you how your response goes from this day forward. No, I just made the mistake of asking you. You were the wrong person to ask to get it done. Because if you think that way, you just reveal that your heart ain't right. And when your heart ain't right, your habits will never be right. So it's always a trouble. It's always an issue. You always got to add it to. You always got to be told 15 times. I always got to do that. And in this text, Jesus is saying, listen, the people who should have handled the problem didn't handle the problem. Because guess what? The priest had the ability to declare the man clean. The priest could have looked at the man and said, I know you're naked. And law says I'm not supposed to see you. So I'm going to declare you clean. What does that mean? I'm a problem solver. And since I'm a leader, I ain't going to sit there and just say, ooh, look at that problem. A leader doesn't walk by a problem. A leader says, if I see a problem, I got to fix a problem. The priest could have declared the man clean. So this really tells us Jesus was checking leaders and servants. You think it's just about compassion. Jesus was checking leaders and servants and said, listen, how are you going to walk past the problem and you could have fixed it? You could have called the man clean, priest. You had the power to call the man clean. You had the problem to fix the mess. And instead, you walked past it because you were so preoccupied with what you were doing 
You didn't realize the reason you had the position was to, was to deal with stuff like that. That's deep. The Levite, he's supposed to serve. He's supposed to look and say, wait a minute, he's bleeding. Let's get some napkins. I don't need to be told to go clean up a bloody mess. Let's get some towels. Let's get something. Let's get some. Let's do something. Watch me. And here's what I'll do. Since the law says I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to behold his nakedness, I'll tell you what I'll do is that I'll get a priest. See, watch me. Can I go deeper? The leader got there first. So when the Levite shows up, the leader got there. So by the time the person serving showed up, he could have said, listen, come over and help me. I've already called him clean. See, let me tell you why leadership is so important. We're singing in America. When leaders don't lead, you create mess. Oh, please say amen before I, I won't say that. Lives can be lost when you have poor leadership in office. Lives can be lost when you have poor leadership in places. Okay, let's move. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk. Let's move. Let's move. If you're a leader, God says you got the ability to solve the problem. If you're a person that serves, Levites serve. In Harvest, we call it dream team. They had the ability to deal with the problem. Instead, they were so focused on self, they didn't realize you're sent to serve. I need everybody to type this on the screen. It's not about me. It, it is not about, but I feel this way. I think this way. Baby, didn't nobody ask you nothing. I feel like preaching it here today. I got an amen quarter in this building on the day. Because while you sitting there fighting, trying to get your way, this man is over here dying. He dying while you sitting up saying, well, why we got to sing that? Why we got to do that? I don't like that. Why you got to do this? Why you got C.C. Peterson on there? Why you got to And then people are dying. It's like a Wednesday message in here. While you're fighting over your seat and your title and your position and what people call you and all of this, people are dying. And I need everybody that's connected to Harvest. Say, nobody's dying on our watch. Say it again. Say, nobody's dying on our watch. So Jesus was checking leaders and servants. And he said, how dare you let this man die because you sorry, sloppy, and undependable. Let's everybody lift our hands and say, Father, forgive us for any moments we've been that priest or that Levite. We are called to lead and serve. Forgive us for making it about us while people are dying. That's, some, that's something you ought to sow into that right there. I would sow into that. Trust me, let me go. Let me go. You ready? Look, look, verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. You want to know why he had compassion? The Samaritans were of mixed ethnicity. And the Hebrews said they're dogs because they're mutts. They're half Hebrew, half something else. You're going to catch it in a minute. What's amazing is the one that the leader and the servants, the one they treated like a dog, was the one that actually got the job done. This is why, Horace, we will always be committed to reaching more people for Jesus, not just sitting up having a save people meeting. And as long as we got us four and no more, we're good. There are a lot. The people you treat like dogs because they don't look like you. They don't talk like you because they do this. They do that. They do that. They're the ones getting the stuff done. But it's, I said it sure did. The one, okay, let's go here. The ones you're judging and sending to hell about scriptures you don't know nothing about. They the ones getting the stuff done. Let me move. Let me move. They pushing me in here. They pushing me. That's what they did. They pushing me. They pushing me. Let's go to the verse. Let's go to the verse. The one they treated like a dog. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. 
as he was on his journey, all of them going to the same place, but only one of them is going to, watch me, but only one of them is going to achieve the goal. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, same narrow road, he came to the man. You ready? Someone say, this me, this me, this me. Watch me. When he saw him, he had compassion. Look at me. Your crushing is what makes you compassionate. He was used to being crushed. He was used to being talked about. He was used to robbers. And since he's used to robbers, he didn't judge the man that was on the ground and say, why are you down there? He was like, I already know how it go. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get up because I've been there. I've been through that. And I'm not throwing rocks at you. I'm about to help you. I need everybody online to say, I'm about to help somebody. You weren't raped just because of you. You went through that so you would help somebody else. You weren't dropped just because of you. You were done that so you could help somebody else. Shout it yet. Listen, but a Samaritan who's used to robbers, who's used to being crushed, who's used to being, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to go nowhere. You ain't going to be nobody. This the man, he's like, I've already been down this road. How do you know he's been down the road? Because if we keep reading, he knows where the hotel is. The end. So how do we know you've already been down this road? Because I knew where to take him to get care. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I've already been down this road. Say, I know how to handle robbers. And I know how to bounce back. I dare you to just hop up three times. Why? I'm bouncing back. I'm bouncing back. I'm bouncing back. I'm bouncing back. Let me finish. <laughs> I got finished. I got finished. So he went to him. And watch what he does. He bandages up his wounds. Go to the next verse. Bandage wounds there, or bound up his wounds, mean he applied pressure. Look at me. Once you deal with a ro robber, y'all, the first thing God does is put pressure on you. So after you feel bad externally and internally, and then they leave you, you think God would give you a break. He doesn't. He puts pressure to stop the bleeding. <laughs> he puts pressure so you don't screw up the rest of your year. He puts pressure so you don't stop what you need to keep doing. He puts pressure so you delete the email quitting. He puts pressure so you don't do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Somebody said, thank God for my pressure. Listen, here's the next thing he does. He pours on oil. Now look here, somebody say oil. Oil means anointing. Uh, anointing oil is made with crushing olives. Olives are cheap. Oil is expensive. You could get this many olives for about $2. This, I don't know how much it is, but I can tell you it ain't no $2. Probably $20, $30. This big? Shoot, this probably probably $100 bottle of oil. <laughs> Listen, I'll sell it to you after church at the party. Like, what you want to do? Let's, we're going to auction it off and change some lives. Feed some folk. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Bless me. Come on, she said, if we bless it, I'm a pie. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I bless this one. <laughs> Have a good time, guys. All right. Somebody say he put oil on it. When he puts oil on it, anointing Jesus Christ. Say Christ. Christ means the anointing, the anointed one and his anointed. So, watch me. So, the anointing is Christ. Christ is Jesus. John 1 1 says, Jesus is the word. So after he put pressure on it, he put the word on it. He didn't start gossiping with his sister, his brother, his cousin, his uncle, his niece, his nephew. Some of y'all go to the wrong people so you get the wrong oil. You ain't got anointing oil. You got canola, which is why it ain't working. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You got the wrong oil. You got motor oil, and you don't need motor oil. All that is is making you a motor mouth. I need you to say, I'm putting the word on it this year. 
So after you deal with some robbers, you just simply say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Put some oil on it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that he makes all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So one, pressure. Applied pressure. Two, the anointing. Here's the third thing. This says truth and valor. And it's, oh, I, didn't know, I never saw that. It's a lion on here. Amen. Is it, okay, yes, all right. Look, somebody say, put some wine on it. Now, before you start saying, Bishop, that's why I had some last night, because I just was putting wine on my situation. I just needed it to take the edge off, Bishop. I just. And somebody like, Bishop, I didn't do that. I had a wine cooler. I just, where you go find that at? I don't even know. They, uh, yes, I, somebody told me. Remember, I asked. Somebody told me. Y'all ready? Here's the thing. Y'all ready? Wine, it was used in those days, watch me, like we use peroxide or alcohol. It's an antiseptic. Which means when I pour it on the wound, it's going to sting. Literally, they antiseptize the man. It disinfects the wound so that it's not over, but you're still dealing with it. I need you to make this declaration. Say no repeat cycles this year. Say no repeat circles this year. But here's the deal. Once it antiseptizes the room, here's what it does. It stings. So he puts on pressure. Then he puts the word on it. Then he says, now once that word comes on, it's going to sting a little. It's going to sting because it's going to make you realize you were the one that went on the road by yourself. This was unnecessary, but I made it useful. You didn't have to go through that, but I got the glory out of it anyhow. Who can be honest with me? Now watch me. There's a lot of stuff in our lives that we look back and we blame the devil. But who can be honest with me? Some of that stuff wasn't the devil. Some of it was us. But here's what I love about God. God says, I'm going to put a little wine on it. And you want to know what else wine does? It doesn't just disinfect. But watch me. Once it's done disinfecting, wine was represented joy. Which means after it stings, I'm going to be able to shout. Shut up. After it stings, I'm going to be able to give God glory. Shut your mouth. After it stings, I'm going to be able to worship the Lord. I dare you across America and around the world. On the count of three, let out a big shout. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Y'all ready? Let's go. Look, I got to move. Then they set him on his own animal. He uses his animal. To help this man. A lot of people talk about what they're going to do until they have to take from their own to do it. It's easy to sit up and say, well, y'all need to do this. Y'all need to do that. Everybody need to do this. Great, you do it. Well, uh, it's amazing how many people got suggestions. Bishop, let's do this. Bishop, let's do this. Bishop, okay, go on and do it. It's quiet right there. Can I be honest with you? The people who, who have the most opinions in your life normally contribute the least to your life. You need to do this. 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 Need to do this. What you doing to help me get it done? Let me move. I got to finish. And he took him to an inn. Why did he know where the inn was? He's been down this road before. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this word? Listen, this blessed me. If you ain't getting it, I'm getting it. Come on, let's go. Watch me, if you're just coming in, like this video, tell me where you're watching from, share this video. Come on, we're all digital now, so we got we to gotta, we gotta get this word out to people. He took them to an inn. Inn there doesn't just mean hotel, motel, holiday inn. Inn is this word in Greek that means, watch this, the place they could be accepted. Let me tell you where he took them after that, church. <laughs> he puts pressure on him. He put the word on it. Watch me puts disinfectant on it, then he says, I can't help you. My job is to get you to a place that can. Some of y'all want to be Jesus, so you try to get all the glory, when what you need to do is say, here go the link. Here go the website. Here go a message. See, you're supposed to be an usher and get people to the word. Not sit there and try to be a Jesus and take what I say and act like you said it. So that you can feel important. 
this, this, I should have said this for Wednesday. This is. Right? Right? My job as a pastor is to say, here you go. You go to work. It's to teach. It's to feed. Here you go. Here you go. Boom, I'm a conduit. Let me get you, let me get you what the word you need so you can get the results you want. And which is why it's so important, especially hear me, Harvest, every person connected to Harvest. If you're part of Harvest Church Denver or soon to be Harvest Church Atlanta or Digital Harvest or Harvest Bible College or Harvest Leadership Network or Harvest Foundation, all the things we do, please hear me. We must always remain a place, even digitally, where people that have been robbed can be safe and don't have to be on guard because you are a robber. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I need you to just say, say, this is a safe end. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how life has treated you, how life has handled you. We will always, church, celebrate lives that come to the Lord. And we will maintain our ability to be a safe place. Because we've all been down that road. And since we've had people rob us, hear me, church, you Christians, we can't turn into robbers. Don't perpetuate what was done to you. Y'all got me? Y'all got me? Okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. <laughs> Look what he says. He said to the innkeeper, who's the innkeeper then if the inn is the church? Pastor, the word. The church. He said, listen, take care of them. Take care of them, Rip. Look, take care of him. And whatever you spend, I'll repay you when I come back. Wait a minute. Come back. He says, I know how to travel this road. I know how to go through life and not lose hope. I know how to go through pain and not watch me turn into pain. I know, I, listen, I know how to navigate this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. I need you to open your mouth and say, I know how to navigate this place. There's stuff in our lives we've complained about, and God says, I needed you. And can, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. If y'all don't shout off of this, I'm going to throw the mic. There are certain things in your life that you prayed would not happen again. You hope would not happen again. And it seems like you went down that road, back up that road, down the road. Look at me. God says, I needed you to learn how to navigate it. I, I'm... I needed you to learn how to navigate it so you don't ever let somebody that threatens to walk out make you stop. And I needed you to learn how to navigate that road so that you don't ever let the devil stop you. I needed you to know how to navigate that road so that you don't let people that weren't called with you to do it make you be the reason you stop. Somebody say, I know how to handle this road. Okay, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Yeah! Woo! 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 Y'all ready? Look. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell amongst robbers? So I, I skipped a part there because he took out two denarii. He paid the innkeeper. He sold into someone that was suffering. You ready? Are y'all ready? Now look, look. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the one that fell among robbers? Guys, who is it? Is it the leader? Nope. Was it the servant? Nope. Jesus asked a rhetorical question. Uh, and Jesus said to him, uh, he said, the one who showed him mercy. Now, it's rhetorical because the answer is presumed. You can answer, but the answer is presumed. Somebody said the answer is presumed. So, so here's the answer. It's the Samaritan, the one that the other two treated like a dog. That's the one who was actually a neighbor because he learned how to love somebody else as he loved himself because he's already had to pick himself up off that road by himself with no help. So the reason he can love God, love people, and love life because this man said, I remember when I was on that road and nobody cared. 
And you better hear me. You better be glad they didn't. Why? It taught you what to do when you saw somebody else in it. I got to finish this because I'm out of time. I got to finish this because I'm out of time. Look at this. It says, you go and do likewise. But can I be honest with you guys? Here's the last part. This is more than about the good Samaritan. This is more than Jesus checking the leaders and the servants. Look at me. It's about the man's journey. God took him the long way on purpose. Let me remind you of something I said to you in our last series. Exodus 13, 17. Come on, let's go. When Pharaoh, Exodus 13, 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistine. Giants. I'm going to say giants. Although it was closer. Let me say it another way. Although it was shorter. For God said, lest the people change their minds. When they see war, they'll return back to Egypt. So what does this mean God did? God says, we're not going the short way. I'm taking you the long way. Um, let, let me have that right there. Let me have that right there. Let me get, give you this illustration. And we got to do this in a socially distant way. Here's some cash. Now, I'm just going to say this is $1,000. ain't no $1,000, but just go with my analogy. All right? $1,000. Take, take those things for me. Just take those things for me. Take, just take those things for me. Thank you. Okay, so, so here, somebody say promise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Say journey. Uh-huh. So here's that. Would you come? Here's the thing. Jerusalem, come on up. Jerusalem's, Jerusalem's right here. Everybody see? He's at Jerusalem. Okay? Jericho is right here. Seems like a straight shot. But God says, there's stuff you're going to do on your journey that changes what should be a straight shot. And it's not the closest way, watch me, but it's the way to make sure when you get to where you're going that you're ready for it. So you would think God would do it like this. Ah, but then God says, come over here because there's somebody I need you to help. There's somebody I need you to bless. There's somebody you got to encourage. There's somebody you got to, there's somebody you got to build up. There's somebody, watch me. I know, watch me. It seems like you should already be there. And for everybody who feels delayed, you better hear me. God intentionally didn't take you the short way because on the long way, there's some people you're going to bless. You ready? So, so, so listen, so listen. So then, then you're like, okay, God's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Up, oh, stop. Here's a roadblock. It seems like this should be a straight shot, but God is like, no. I need to teach you how to handle things that get in your way. This doesn't mean turn around and go back. This means you better learn how to go around. But then watch me. You think you're over here. But then the moment you think you're over here, God says, but I need you to come back over here, though. I need you to come back over here because there's somebody, there's somebody whose story, watch me, when you hear their story, they're going to hear your story. And then all of a sudden, y'all's testimony is going to overcome the enemy. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. And I need you to be a blessing. See, all of this circle you just went through was so you could be a blessing to her. So you could tell her, baby girl, don't do it the way I did it. Because the way I did it is going to have you going in circles. And then right when you think you're good, God is like, come over here. Oh, but wait a minute. We got to go over here because sometimes there are people who are in the background that think what they do is not important because they're not in the fork. So I need you to come speak life into somebody that's in the background, that's not in the foreground. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. All the while, I'm trying to get over there to my promise. I'm trying to get to my Jericho. But God took me the long way. I need you to open your mouth and say, he took me the long way. Because on my journey, I'm going to bless somebody else. And then you come over here, you come over here, you come over here, and you think you're here. And why would you think you're here? Wait a minute, you got to pass it and come over here. Wait a minute, it's dark over here. It's dark over here. It's dark over here. But look, on your journey, you picked up somebody. Because God says, I bless you to be a blessing. This ain't just for you. This so that everybody connected to you wins. But it's dark over here, y'all. Come on, come on. It's dark. It's dark. Ain't no lights over here. Watch me. Nobody's paying attention to you. Nobody sees what you do. Watch me. 
you're kept down low under the, under the covers, behind the scenes. Nobody's paying attention. There's no attention to what you're doing, even though you do what you do well. Since it's anniversary, Ma, you're in Denver. You're dealing with darkness. You got to fight through spirits. You got to fight through agitation. And you got to fight through resistance. But God says, weeping may endure for a... What does that mean? It may be dark for a little bit, but all darkness means is that the daylight's getting ready to come. And I need somebody online to type it on the screen. Say, it's morning time. So then you come over here, and right when you get close, right when you get close, put your hand. But move your hand, though. Since God says, I want to add some more to it. I want to give you some more for all the hell that you've been through. Take that Android off of there. He don't want to give you that. I want to give you some more. Because if I gave it to you right there, you wouldn't get no interest. And what did I tell Job? I'm going to give him double for his trouble. So God says, it ain't ready for you just yet. Come around here one more time. Now this is your last obstacle. This is the one where you literally say, I can't do it no more. This is the one where even some of the people you helped picked up, they didn't fell off. So now you're wondering, should you keep going anyhow? Now you're feeling like it don't even matter. And God says, the same God that got you through this obstacle back is the same God that can do it again. But this time, we ain't going around. Move it out the way. I got the strength to move it out of the way. And all of a sudden, I get to what it is that I've been... Put that Android down. That ain't part of the promise. I need you to stand up on your feet wherever you're at. Because I came to tell somebody... You're headed from Jerusalem to Jericho. God took it a long way. But baby, it's about to pay off. I need you to release a praise right there. I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. We got to get the next experience ready. I'm out of time. I pray this spirit of celebration flows into the 1115. Somebody say the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey.
Congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.